You're listening to Speak Your Style, a lifestyle and business podcast hosted by Sasha Bowlby and Liz Toombs. Welcome back to Speak Your Style. We're thrilled to be here with you for another episode. And today's guest is Eric Goff of EF Meeks. Welcome, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. For those who aren't familiar with this amazing brand, it is a men's clothing company. And do you want to expand upon um, what you offer? Yeah, uh, well, we're men's mostly, but also women's children as well. Um, so we we go anywhere from ties, bow ties, pocket squares. The pocket squares uh, the ladies can wear also around their necks. We have large scarves. And then anything we do, we can uh, custom do as, as far as for infants or, or youth uh, sizes as well. So we can do custom pieces for weddings, um, events, companies, anything like that. So. And for everybody that is listening, they can't see Eric, but he is like totally dapper on his other, on his, <laughs> on his Zoom call right now with his blazer jacket, his pocket square. So, um. So, I mean, I feel like I'm underdressed now. Uh, we're totally being put to shame, like in our just like basic like track suits and like pullovers. I know. I need to go change and come back now. <laughs> Please don't judge us. <laughs> Be right back. Um, so, Eric, tell us and tell the listeners how um, you got started in this. Like, I love the backstory to how all of this come about. So, tell us, tell us how that went. Yeah, and obviously that's kind of the reason behind the brand. Um, <clears throat> my mother's father um, had a close relationship with. He was uh, he played football at UK. Um, was one of the fastest halfbacks in the country when he came and uh, left UK and went on into the Air Force, um, where they traveled the world. And then when they came back, uh, they came back to Lexington because my grandmother was originally from here. They had met at UK. Uh, he went on to be the president of the K-Men's Association. Um, she was the president of the KYs. But um, when I was in college, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, dementia, and sundowner. So um, we had a couple good years with him, but uh, ultimately lost him while I was in college. So um, I started wearing all his coats, which are pretty uh, vibrant and unique. Um, but I started wearing those to Keeneland weddings, whatnot, uh, to just kind of keep his spirit alive and not, not let the disease and everything like that um, kind of be what I remembered him as. So I did that for several years, still do. Um, this is one of his coats as well. But uh, about five years ago, I was really wanting to just do something else. And I know that there was people that probably wouldn't wear the coats I had or, you know, didn't have access to them. So I I tried to kind of take that um, fun, bright colors, unique designs, and uh, put them in accessories that people can put on. Um, you know, dress up something, make the that make their style unique. Um, give people confidence. You know, I'm I'm a big believer when you when you feel like you look good, you feel better. Uh, you're more confident. So, you know, I definitely want to build confidence in our customer base and all while, you know, keeping his name, his spirit alive and bringing awareness to Alzheimer's. I think that's really special. I, when I reached out to you about the podcast, I shared with you that that was the part of your story that just really hooked me because I was very close with my grandparents. I was fortunate to grow up with um, all four of them for quite some time, but specifically my dad's father and I were very close. And as 
that's kind of how I got into my line of work. Um, so I just think it's so cool that that was the inspiration that led you to this business. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, he, you know, he loved being around people. He loved a good time. Um, so, you know, I feel like our brand kind of celebrates Keeneland horse racing, getting together with friends and family and uh, dressing up and looking your best and having a good time. So. Totally. How many of his coats do you have? Uh, I'd say there's about 30, 35. Um, there was actually a couple that were too wild for me that uh, I let a family friend um, take on, which one of them to this day, I wish I would have held on. It had horse heads all over the blazer. Um, but um, they were, we were real good friends with the Critchfield family. So uh, their son, that's about my age, uh, he has about, I think, five or ten of them so and I'm sure every time you wear those blazer jackets out people are like where can I get that where did you get yeah. that I want to buy it yeah you know I wore wore them you know in the beginning and still do for that reason you know I'm a somebody asked about the code I can tell them where it comes from and and the man that had it on so um and my and my grandmother you know to her own right was quite the dresser too uh we just lost her a couple years ago um at 96 and still love to dress up uh, especially for uk games i'm gonna need to see some photos because they sound like quite the power couple fashion wise <laughs> and i would love to see like how they dressed because i think it would be amazing where did your grandfather get these wild coats like did he custom make them did he order them in like how did he even get started on that path um you know some of them you'll see were from doll hairs uh, over the years you know obviously a staple of lexington oh i miss um, doll hairs they also uh, would go to Naples a lot, so he would always make a trip down to Miami uh, to get some of the wilder ones. So I've got a couple Lily Pulitzers, a pink suede, uh, a couple fur coats. <laughs> it's never actually gotten cold enough, I don't think, to justify wearing one, even though I have worn, worn them a couple times UK games. And, you know, they shed all over everyone. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I bet. You need to do like a Facebook Live or something of a tour of your closet and just let yes. everyone lay eyes on these things, even if you're not able to wear them. Like, check this coat out. Yeah. It's hard for those kind of coats, especially in Lexington, because the weather doesn't really get cold enough and it's like, where do you wear them to? But I rock mine at the grocery store. I mean, I don't, I just, I'm not anywhere but here. So I'm like, well, I'm going to wear them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now, Eric, when you got started in all of this, how did you go about? I guess, sourcing your materials? Did you want it to be locally made? Are you, you know, USA made? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, when I first got started, you know, it was just learning as I went. So I was going out and finding fabric at local stores. And um, of course that got quite a few looks, you know, are you lost? Can I help you? But um, it's like, no, just let me look. And because I've always just been able to kind of put colors together, patterns together make something unique and uh, kind of decided that uh, I wasn't really offering anything unique unique to say you know somebody could go find that fabric so I kind of pivoted and I've started designing the fabric that we put out now um, so that it's unique to our brand and uh, all along we've we've had two ladies here in town that hand make everything for me um, the fabric is printed in North Carolina. So it's, you know, it's from start to finish, I guess it's, it's a U.S. and Kentucky uh, made product. 
You said something about um, looking for a change when you decided to start this company. So what's your background? I feel like I read that maybe it was accounting. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I went to Trancy here in town for accounting. Went to a couple years of law school. Didn't love it. So came back, got in banking. Uh, I'm now back in accounting for a full-time job and then uh, run this brand on the side. So. Accounting is not um, not my forte. <laughs> Sasha and I discuss this regularly. Yeah, I was so going to say I, the same thing. I always admire someone with some creative acumen, but then that has that down because that is just my brain can't compute. Yeah, it's definitely a left brain, right brain. So totally, but I mean, there's so much value in it, right? Like it's very, it's impossible to run a business without that piece, but it's just not always the strong suit. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, how has Keeneland um, not having full spectators and, you know, being shut down during COVID, how has that affected your business? Have you seen a switch in people's buying patterns or what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it obviously kind of grinded to a halt, um, you know, through this all we actually started kind of pivoted and started making the face masks and did, did well with that. Um, those weren't necessarily you know, the newer fabrics that I've designed, but some of them were, um, but it was able, we were able to, you know, allow, allowed us to use some of our stock that we had um, and put out something that, you know, was unique and quality made. Um, I was very happy with the feedback I got that, you know, people had said that was the, the best mass that they had purchased comfortable wise, uh, quality wise and such. So, um, Beyond that, you know, the fundraiser we're doing with Carson Cresley is is helped a lot. Um, you know, we're not making money on it, but it at least keeps our name out there um, and keeps me busy. So, talk more about that so people are aware of what you're doing because we can see that you're wearing that awesome pocket square. But let's tell the listeners what's going on. Yeah, uh, Carson and I had been in talks for a couple years um, because he's he's a big person in saddlebred kind of area of, of horsemanship here in Kentucky, um, which, I mean, it's it's all over the country, but uh, we had talked about maybe collaborating on a design that they would sell in, in their store out at the horse park and kind of leading up to COVID happening. So he, he reached out to me and asked, you know, would I be, be willing to, to do a fundraiser with them? And so we've started with a tie, but we've added the bow ties, pocket squares, and scarves uh, with all the, the uh, uh, <laughs> proceeds or profits uh, going to the UPHA, uh, which is here in Lexington. They have a benevolent fund that helps horsemen and women um, that had been adversely affected with something in their life and COVID kind of got added to that list. So um, we're gonna run it through, I think around Thanksgiving, um, again, with the profits from it going, being donated to that fund. Um, so, you know, Carson's helped out a lot with um, kind of giving us some photos and sharing on social media. And it, it was just a good way to give back to something that's obviously very important here in Kentucky, uh, whether it's the thoroughbreds or the saddlebreds or uh, other other breeds of horses. Uh, it's a big business, so we need to support as much as we can because I know a lot of those people are probably hurting a lot right now. Can you tell people where they can find those if they're wanting to purchase something like that? 
Yeah, those those uh, are all on our website. Um, so if you go to www.efmeeks.com, uh, they should be on uh, the main page. You can click on, uh, there's one for the tie and bow tie and one for the scarf and pocket square. For the equine ignorant, will you tell everyone what UPHA stands for? United Professional Horsemen Association. <laughs> Well, we always talk, like, we're talking to people, and so, like, one podcast, Sasha was like, I'm Googling what a memo is, because we were talking about fabric memos, and so uh -huh. I think we all just take for granted that, like, we know what we're talking about, but it could be completely out of someone else's realm, so let's just make it easy and clarify what we're talking about. Yeah. Back on, if we backtrack back to the face masks, um, my hairstylist, uh, Bob, out at uh, B Salon, had one of your face masks on um, yep. when I was getting my hair done. And I was like, Bob, I really like your mask. And he was like, oh, well, let me tell you who I got this from. And I was like, I know Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a full-on conversation about how, you know, he really liked the mask. And this was really, I guess, when the hair salons really first opened back up. And, you know, he talked yeah. about how comfortable they were, you know, that he, you know, had it on all the, I mean, he was working, I think, 12, 13 hour days there um, in the beginning. And so he talked about how comfortable they were, which I, I think that day he had, he had color coordinated with whatever um, <laughs> he had on. So he had it going on, but he, he really complimented um, the face mask and the comfort um, for the amount of time that he was having to wear it. Yeah, I feel for people that are having to wear these, you know, 12, 14 hours a day um you know the grocery store and whatnot is is tough for 15 20 minutes but it's real <laughs> shocking that you'll see people not wearing them but <laughs> yeah i had some on yesterday for i think it was like three or four hours because i was out on um visiting a vendor and doing some different things by the time i got done i just couldn't wait to just rip it off so i hear you i feel like it gives you a lot of appreciation for your doctors and your nurses that wear those all day every day i couldn't i couldn't do it I, I can barely get through the grocery store on a grocery trip and i'm like pulling it off like as soon as i'm outside the door have you heard of ferric mason fabrics in versailles uh i don't I, yeah i think so possibly it's more okay. of like home decor yeah so she's an artist and all the fabric patterns end up coming from her paintings but we Sasha and I talked with her um for our podcast and I visited her showroom and I mean it's amazing so I mean it would be such a cool collaboration because she's very like bold and wild with her colors and her patterns yeah. like, for, to see you guys like work together and come up with something yeah absolutely is she just downtown Versailles there or? Yeah, the showroom is by appointment only, but yeah, she's in downtown Versailles in an old building right across from the Amston, if you know where that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's got some really cool patterns. A lot of like what Liz said, bold colors and, you know, just some stuff that's like funky and different, which I think is really cool. I was really impressed and like they're getting ready to have a sample sale. Um, you know, everything they do is to the trade, but so I got a couple of um pieces big enough that i'm gonna have them made into masks for me because i just liked how bold the colors and the patterns mm -hmm. were and at this point it's like you're matching your mask to your outfit or something absurd yeah talking to you i just thought gosh you guys could be a really cool collaboration yeah i'll have to go out there my parents live out there now so i'm only one left in lexington my sister lives out there so but home decor is one of the things that i've thought about getting into as well so uh, i did the 
I did the wallpaper for our son's nursery. Um, so think about maybe I was going to ask if it was going to maybe like blossom into, you know, outside of, of apparel or accessories or things like that, if you were going to, it was going to manifest into something else. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, I've dabbled with the wallpaper. It's a thought, um, you know, maybe kind of home decor. Um, uh, I, I'm actually doing that, getting a sample done right now of like a tea towel type, uh, that we, we put out with, you know, full design on that fabric. So. Um, all right. I'm like locked in now. Cause I want to know all <laughs> the core things and can come up with all kinds of stuff that, <laughs> that I could recommend I, you do. I wanted to get into, uh, you know, dresses. I had a couple samples of those made and, uh, even swimming trunks, but I don't know. It'll be down the road if I do that just because of sizing and, and whatnot can get a little tough. I was going to say like pillows, like women in pillow, like women. Can't <laughs> pillows. You know, Especially like, like the whole couch is full of them. <laughs> yeah. Get like, do all of it. Do the wallpaper, do the pillows, do the couches, do the fabric, everything. I concur. Like I totally agree. I cannot get enough pillows in my house and my husband <laughs> and my dog like dive bomb them and throw them off the bed and throw them off the sofa, but I keep putting them back cause they look good. <laughs> And that is, you're right. That's not something you have to worry about sizing for the wallpaper or the, the pillows. And is the wallpaper something that you could kind of print on demand? Like once you got the order, do it, or is it something you have to pre-do and have a bunch of stock for? Uh, it's something I could probably do on demand, um, just with a little bit of a delay, but. Lord, everything's delayed right now. I mean, people are getting used to the, the longer lead times. Oh yeah. Always looking for more places too. Do you envision staying focused in the Louisville and Lexington area or do you want to expand a little bit more just kind of along the lines of not getting too big? Yeah, I'd like to expand, you know, a bigger regional footprint at least. Um, I've not really had the time to go to the shows, invest the money and time into those to really pick up, you know, wholesale accounts, I guess you would say, but uh, it's always something I'd like to do, you know, again, the, the more people that can hear about the, the brand, the better for me, I think. Um, I think the brand tells the story itself. It's just, it needs to be uh, put in front of people's faces and ears to hear about it. So Therein lies the problem for all small businesses, right? We yeah. just run out of time and money in order to, to get ourselves out there. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's like my father, his business, uh, it was electrical business here in Lexington. And, uh, you know, he didn't really rely on advertising. It was word of mouth. And so I've always, you know, kind of hung on to that. And I, I feel like it's a very important trait of a small business is you take care of the people that take care of you. And, and, you know, if you've done them right, then they're going to, they're going to pass that on to their friends and family. Oh, so, I mean, on that note then, like you kind of want to move into home decor and you've got some, your eye on some other things. What's your ultimate end goal as far as what your brand looks like and what you want it to morph into? Uh, I mean, you know, I have ideas, but kind of even from the beginning and, and I, I felt like I've tried to do that is let it evolve um, the way the customer base uh, wants it to. You know, if I see things that are needed or desired, um, looking to see if it's something we can do. Um, 
obviously in the end, I want it to be sustainable, um, that is small enough that the customer still feels like they're the most important part of the transaction. Um, and and not get too big you know i grew up around my dad owned a small business so um you know, he always said you never want to get too big and lose track of of your niche and what you did well um you know i've had a lot of people ask look well, can you do that can you do this and it's like well you know we probably could but you don't want to you don't want to throw that net out too wide and and again in the end you know if my grandfather's name is still being talked about um, and the products are quality made and, you know, we're still getting some traction with Alzheimer's research then I feel like I've, I've done something good. Uh, you know, that disease particularly is something that I don't think people realize has become such a epidemic as well. Uh, it's getting into more and more families homes and early, earlier in life. So, it's something that does need attention. And, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're big enough at one time that, you know, we're, we're becoming a big donor to that cause. So. Yeah. It's great to be able to pair those two together. Something that you love to do. And also, you know, something that's near and dear to your heart as well to do those. Now, um, I know that you said some of these things that people can find online. Um, can you also tell us, like, are you in brick and mortars? You know, what other, you know, those places people can find your products? Yeah, um, you know, outside of pandemic, we usually in Keeneland, um, both out at the track and the mercantile, um, we were able to get them product before all this happened. So um, they do have that, they do have our products, you know, when they're able to be open. Um, Logan's generally has our stuff, uh, Crittenden's. We've been in your store, Sasha. Uh, uh, we I just did a custom uh, tie. I think it was tie, pocket square, and scarf uh, for the Saddlebred Museum out at the horse park. So I think they're getting ready to launch that here soon, um, and that'll be there in their gift shop. And then up in Louisville, um, Hems Gentleman's Boutique. And then usually we're with the hat girls up there. I feel like some of the best small businesses are ones that you don't necessarily see splashed around all the magazines or, you know, all of the advertising routes. It's all just from your friends and your family members. And for me, having a small business, I mean, that's more important if it come from, you know, a customer that, you know, had a great experience or loved the product or whatnot versus, you know, that kind of stuff through the advertising. I feel the same way. I mean, I would much rather it, a client be referred to me from another client or because they know me personally, than I just feel like the, it's a different experience than if I was paying for the advertising and then kind of having to do some vetting and they're vetting me. And, um, you know, it's just, it's very different. And I think Lexington's unique in how much we operate on that word of mouth. Uh, do you guys agree? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think you probably even up in the Louisville, the same and it, you know, surrounding areas. So 
See, I grew up in Louisville. And so I remember very distinctly, and part of this is gonna like date the time, but like we would just pull the phone book out if we were looking for something, you know, like if we needed a service or wanted to find something, you know, old school phone book. I'm like 8,000 years old, according to that comment. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I got to school here and met my husband. He's from Lincoln County. And so then I said something once about looking in the phone book and I mean I thought his head was going to pop off he was like no you just call someone else you know call a friend and ask them if they know someone or whatever and then I started to pay more attention and so I guess I just distinctly noticed that um that way of doing things here a little bit more than in Louisville and now I've been gone what 18 years or something so it may have changed by now yeah and I think that just you know that goes back to people calling Lexington a, a big town or a small city um my dad's originally from down in Somerset area. So most people think I'm from down there with the, the twang or the Southern drawl, but uh, I'm from here in Lexington, but I think he brought a lot of that small town um, quality, you know, work and, and really taking care of your customer to his business here in Lexington. So I think that's why Lexington it's so important. Probably a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot of people, but there's some people listening going, what is a phone book? <laughs> <laughs> a phone book, what is that thing? <laughs> Google it, people. It existed. And actually, they still throw them on your front porch, but they usually go crash. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sasha, like making me feel so old. <laughs> you guys knew what I was talking about. I, 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 I'm all about paper and, you know, using my, my paper planner. And so... I have a phone book that I use occasionally just because I want to get it out and flip the pages and, you know, I love the way that the pages feel in the phone book. You know, they're Ooh, just, I hate them. That news. Oh no, I like that. <laughs> I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> so on the topic of phone books, do either of y'all still have a landline in your house? Well, apparently I do because it just rang in the background. <laughs> Oops, I forgot. What about you, Eric? Do you? No, I have a port for it, but no landline. So. Okay, same. Like, we did away with it at our house. Also, we're going to talk about the Louisville-Lexington difference again. I never <laughs> knew it was called a landline growing up, and I thought it was the most bizarre comment ever. I haven't been here for so long that I forgot we had one, so I thought I had all my stuff set up. I was going to have no sounds, and then <laughs> the phone rings. You were very focused on the animals and not the electronic sounds. <laughs> I know. Right? I mean, I can't win. It's every podcast is something. <laughs> it's a minor miracle that my dog hasn't made an appearance in the podcasts yet, but normally he loses his mind at the mailman or somebody walking down the street. So we've been fortunate. Anyway, we're getting a little bit off topic. Eric, it was really nice to chat with you and to hear more about the backstory behind your business. Um, I know I get a lot of inspiration from talking to other small business owners and just kind of hearing their why. And it sounds like you've got a lot of really great projects in the work works. Um, so we're going to end like we always do and ask you a couple of style related questions if you're game. Sure. Okay. So my style is how would you describe um, your home, the, the style that you have within your house? Uh, well, we're in my office right now at the home, so it's it's definitely throwback, uh, reclaimed wood, uh, warm. You know, I feel like that's probably the style of our house. We want it to be warm, welcoming. Um, my wife's an architect, so 
she kind of she she takes the lead with outside of this office uh but you know some equestrian theme but um new fixtures but still an old feel to the house i guess so we we bought my grandparents house so um needed plenty of updating so we still got a long list of things to change but it sounds like two people with really great eyes so you couldn't have probably found a better couple to take that house and give it some new life yeah definitely Right, and so you probably know what my question is. You have to, you have to describe your fashion style, which we can kind of see it here, and I'm sure people probably have an idea. But in a couple of words, how would you describe? Uh, unique, bright, memorable. Um, I guess a little uh, over the edge at times. I guess I'll push the envelope. <laughs> uh, you know, I couldn't wear one of my hats right now in this, but I've got some hats now that I've added to the collection. But, you know, that's what we want to do with EF Meeks is, is you know, get you noticed and, and make you memorable when you leave the room. So hopefully we do that. I like that. It seems like, you know, some men are more reserved and don't like to really kind of step out there in what they're wearing. So I know that I guess where I'm on the fashion side of it, you know, I really pay attention to, oh, you know, he's really put together or, oh, look at his pocket scarf with his blazer or whatnot. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like we need to, you know, at least start with pocket squares. It's amazing what, if you just, you know, go outside your comfort zone a little bit and throw in something unique, uh, you know, it's a conversation starter, something to talk about. And, uh, you know, maybe it can blossom into, a different tie or a bow tie just update the wardrobe i agree my husband kind of started that way it was like let's get a little more daring <laughs> pocket squares the scarves and then now it's like a whole thing like logan's is his kryptonite and so <laughs> yeah. i have a feeling that this podcast may be very expensive for us once he learns more about <laughs> you and your offering yeah eric said he didn't mind that <laughs> <laughs> It's turnabout, right? Because Billy always says that we're Sasha poor, and so now we'll be Eric poor as well. It'll just it'll be totally empty out. No money left at all. Oh, no. Poor Billy. Oh. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we really enjoyed hearing your story and all about EF Makes. Can you, I guess maybe for the end of it, let people know where they can find you, social media, website, all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you can find us, you know, locally at some stores, but uh, we're always on www.efmeeks.com. Uh, Instagram, it's Meeks Fashion. Uh, and also on Facebook, we have a page for Meeks Fashion. So, Great. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening to Speak Your Style. Your feedback means a lot to us. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have any feedback or special requests, you can direct message us on social media. You can find me, Liz Toombs, and my business, PDR Interiors, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can find me, Sasha Bowlby, and my business, Sasha Bow Boutique, at Facebook and Instagram.